This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. It was one of my great joys getting an opportunity to head over to the Philippines with compassion. And uh, one of the real blessings was is that they knew we'd be troublemakers. So they sent along the uh, CEO to make sure we got up to no mischief at all. Well, Tim has just announced his retirement from the role of CEO at Compassion Australia. And so we thought we'd get him on the line to talk all about his time at Compassion. Good morning, Tim. I'm glad I went. It was great to be there with you guys. It was uh, just a lot of fun. I'm not sure I kept you out of any trouble, but it was good. Mate, I, I, um, you know, having been a Compassion supporter for almost two decades now, it was a really special moment to kind of get away and see how the program runs, you know. Um, now, I want, I want to take you all the way back to 2010 when you come on as the CEO of Compassion. Yep. But I'm guessing your relationship with Compassion started a lot earlier than then. Yeah, look, I probably in plenty of two or three, a couple of two or three years earlier, and uh, uh, I was responsible to a child, and and um, just loved what it, what Compassion does, working with the local church, and loved the holistic nature of the ministry. That it was, you know, food security, healthcare, you know, uh, education, clean water, and and linking with the local church. So that would, local church had been my history and my background for quite a number of years. So it was just great to know that was happening. So yeah, a couple of years before I, I came on as CEO, yeah. Now, before you were CEO of Compassion, you were a church pastor for many years. How do you think that prepared you for the role? Yeah, look, I had uh, 20 years in Churches of Christ in two two local churches, one in West Australia, one in Victoria, and I also taught in the Church of Christ College, Theological College, for four years. And then in the last 10 years before Compassion, or just over 10 years, at Gateway Baptist Church in Brisbane. So, I mean, it's just kind of all the working out what is the local church about and we are about reaching the the lost and the broken and the poor and the and those who are marginalized and needy and you know i think that's that's part of the local church so i probably always thought i'd be in my last church till i the day i died but uh, my wife and i just got a little restless we started seeing what was happening around the world and some of the needs that were there and so we we felt a little restless and we said to our church look you know, we're going to step out of here. We don't know what we're going to step into. We didn't know. It's the first time I've ever left somewhere not knowing where I was going, which was both scary and uh, re- releasing in some ways. And then we, we came into Compassion soon after that. So, yeah, probably it's just part of what the local church is doing. And because we only work with a local church in the field countries, it's it's just a kind of natural progression for us. Mate, I remember one of the moments on the Philippines trip and we had gone to Waterworld and it was you and your wife, Chris, and we were standing there with you just before we went into one of the huts and you turned to us and you said, guys, I've been all over the world and this is some of the most rugged and challenging poverty that I've ever seen. You know, and I, I thought, I thought, oh, maybe this is one of those immersion experiences moments. And I remember looking at your wife, and the look on your wife's face was kind of confirming for that. Like she was just like, "This is unbelievable." Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, can you can you talk through some of those confronting moments that you've had as a CEO visiting some of these places around the world? Yeah, look, uh, you you never should, you never do, and you never should, I guess, come complacent with poverty and the, and the brokenness of poverty. And it looks different in different places. So where we were in the Philippines, it, where we were there, it's just extraordinary. Houses built over water that floods every year. People have to get out, and, and it's just full of, you know, disease and, and, and brokenness. Um, you could be in Africa, and it's just dirt poor, dirt floors, dirt, um, uh, you know, 
poor economics, very, very poor economics. You could be in Central Latin America where the big issue is gangs, and unless a child is given some hope or help by the time they're about nine or ten, they'll be in a gang by the age of 12 and, and you know, stealing drugs, murder, all of those things. So you, you get confronted by it and... You know, it's why I love going to the field because I go to the field countries because you just see, you know, the majority world, really. That's the majority world. We live in the minority world, but it's pretty comfortable for us. So I never want to become complacent or used to the fact of what we have here in Australia. And I, every time I go, I see something that, that I go, wow, the needs are enormous. And yet God's part of this place. And so... Uh, yeah, I never want to be. I, I do remember that time. I remember I've been there a couple of times, and where we you talk to Waterworld, and it's just uh, horrific to live there. Tim, you're you're CEO of Compassion, and that means that you're overseeing a huge organisation that is dealing with relentless poverty around the world. I mean, there's all kinds of hard things that you see as you travel. How has that affected you as CEO? Yeah, it is relentless and it's huge. They say there's about 380 million children living in extreme poverty, which the World Bank defines as less than a dollar ninety a day US. So that's that's horrific. And you know, overall, compassion worldwide, we touch two million. So two million out of 380 isn't a big big lot, but it is. It's kind of that one at a time. People ask me often at the beginning of a year. That's the time when people get vision speeches and vision stuff, and and they say, what you know, what's your vision for compassion for the year? And I have to try and answer that in two ways because in one way it it is seeing how do we how do we make sure we are making an impact on the world? How do we make sure that you know we're working well and and resourcing kids and families in the developing world? But the other part of it, which never seems quite as exciting when people hear it, but it's so exciting, is my next my other vision is the next child sponsored. You know, it's one at a time. It is that starfish, and and so I have this world which is. You know, it, it's big, it's out there, it's 40 countries overall, 25 field countries, about 14, um, 15 uh, resourcing countries. But at the same time, the next child sponsored is every bit as important. And so it's keeping those two, the mac- macro and the, and the, the, the you know, the, the, the smaller, um, the micro together and not losing sight of either really. I think one of the things that I was really confronted by is that I always thought, and that as a parent, one of the key markers for success as a parent was the provision of possessions. Okay, so I want to provide good stuff for my kiddos. And yep. one of the big things I was confronted by when I was in the Philippines was that actually, no, that's a that's a terrible benchmark. <laughs> that you, <laughs> so seriously, is that I felt like as I was meeting these these parents, incredible families, incredible parents, right? Yeah. Yep. And what they could provide was love and affection, and that's all yep. they had the ability to provide. And that, for me, hit hard because yep. I was like, I take that for granted. But for these people, that's what was all that they could offer, and that was really confronting for me. You, you know, you're a dad of nine kids, 24 grandchildren. Family's obviously very significant to you and Chris. Yep. You know, what were some of the confronting moments in your journey as CEO reflecting on parenthood and being a father and being a mother? Yeah, look, I mean, as you said, we've got a large family and a large extended family, and, and uh, that's been great and, fa- and fantastic. But when you, you, know, you come into compassion world, if you like, and you see what happens on the field with, like you've you know, uh, articulated, and you realize the things that you can give your kids and your grandkids now, for me, 
are about inner resources far more than they're about external resources. And they're the sense of well-being, sense of purpose, sense of confidence, sense of okayness, um, not a sense of entitlement, not a sense of presumption. It's those inner resources, integrity, you know, that, those sort of things which are the the things that we are a bit more hard to measure sometimes. They're not as, you know, you can look at something, I've provided this amount of dollars for my children. But they're the things that I think in the long run really count. And when you're on, when you're visiting a project and you see that people don't have much external resources at all and what they do have is to put food on the table, but they're able to meet together as families and in communities and uh, start to just share life together, uh, you realise that the inner resources are, are really so much more important. Tim, 10 years in the job, uh, there must be some real highlights that stand out to you from that time. Do you have any favourite moments? Look, for me, it's about seeing people flourish. Now, that's true whether whether you see it on the on the field. Uh, when you, you know, visit a project, you see kids who are flourishing in a way they wouldn't flourish without the resources that you're helping them have. But it's also in my staff. I mean, I, I have a good staff. They're great people. And, and uh, you know, if, I, if they're flourishing, I'm just as happy as a pig in mud. I just love that sort of thing. <laughs> I, I, uh, I just love to see people grow. I love, I've always said to people on, on our staff here that if you've, however long you stay here on staff and compassion, if you, um, if you leave a bigger person than you started, oh, that makes me happy. So I just want you to, to grow as a person. And so to see people, when I, when I see people flourishing, maybe somebody doing something that they wouldn't otherwise do, but they've taken a risk and had the confidence to do it. Man, I, I have an inner smile, even if I do or don't have an outer smile. I think the other thing is in the world in which I live in, in this world of poverty and, 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 and you know, need, um, you do have to maintain a sense of humour. You do sometimes have to see the, the humorous side of things that are very serious, but you have to see them. Um, and, and my nature allows, you know, lets me sometimes just see them in a way where you go, well, that, that, if you just looked at that from outer space, that would be a funny moment. But, but uh, so you've, you've got to do that, but it's just the flourishing of people that I, that I really love. I love that. Okay. So um, this all wraps up for you 2020. And you, you've, yeah. you've got one final moment where you're standing in front of the compassion team. What's What do you want to leave them with as a leader? As you step out and, and let someone else take over their helm, what's your word of encouragement to, to the team that you're going to move on from? Well, firstly, I'd thank them because, I mean, it's been part – we're a team and, and that's important. I, I love the teamwork side of things. I love doing it together. But I think uh, the, the thing I would say is, uh, look, let's not see what we do as we have to do this, but let's see it as we get to do this. This is a, this is a joy. This is a privilege. This is something that is close to the heart of God to be actually helping the poor and the broken. And uh, don't think of this as, oh, boy, it's a task or there's lots of hurdles to jump. And there are, there's all of those, there's global, you know, challenges all over the all over the place. But we get to do this. You and I get to do this, and you're going to keep getting to do it. So just love it and 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 appreciate that. So it'd be that sort of gratitude, appreciation side of it. Love that, Tim. When all of this is said and done, what do you hope your legacy will be at the end of it all? Wow, that's a big that's a big ask. I think. I mean, the, the thing Jesus says to do throughout the gospel is follow me. So if Jesus was to say to me, Tim, you followed me and you enjoyed the journey and you seem to love it and uh, embrace it, I would be, again, really, really thrilled by that sort of statement. 
I love that. Tim, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today, mate. Really appreciate it. And listen, honestly, really from the bottom of my heart, wholeheartedly appreciate the work you do for Compassion. My pleasure. Great to talk with you. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.